Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is your host, Dr. Kevin. And for today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Tina Corey, and Ms. Corey is a social worker with Lynn County Mental Health. And she has a fascinating story, uh, has been really doing some transformative work in her practice. But uh, Tina, thank you for coming on to the show today. Yeah, I appreciate getting the opportunity to visit with you and, and share with others about um, the way that pain science is making a, a difference for the folks that I work with. Well, and, and before we into, into get into that part, would you just give people a little bit of background about, you know, why you do what you do or how did you get into, the, into your practice and um, uh, some of the challenges that you've been facing? Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I work with um, people uh, as a therapist, the people that are coming to me have a lot of different issues and that uh, pain issue is trauma, uh, anxiety, depression, just every array of mental illness that you can imagine. And then um, coupled with that, you know, are the physical complaints and what got, what led me into and got me interested was when a client showed up and she was just so excited in telling me about the pain triangle and how that had changed her world. And she'd been able to get off all of her medications, been able to leave behind uh, years of using uh, opiates. And that just spiked my interest. It was like, wow, there's something going on. And I just began to be more curious and searched out the person that was helping her. Uh, Leanne Deich, a licensed clinical social worker like myself, and um, began to, to investigate and uh, show up at community pain talks, um, learned what I could, uh, trained with Leanne, uh, and rapidly, I think, began to incorporate that into working with um, clients and helping them to transform their pain experience. And seeing results really quickly has been just, um, it's just been an ongoing wonder to, to see people changed in a pretty, pretty uh, quick pace. So yeah, did that kind of answer what you were asking? It, it, it did, but I, I want to, uh, there's so much we can dive into right there, but I want to give people a little bit of context on what your practice environment is. Uh, meaning, are you seeing, uh, you know, is this a private practice environment or is it, you know, private insurance or, or something else? And I know the answer to this, but I, I'd rather have you say it than me. Yeah, so I work for um, County Mental Health here in Lynn County, and uh, the, the folks that come are generally on an Oregon health plan, but they can also be private pay, Medicare, uh, just adults that are struggling with mental health issues. And I, and I think that's important because um, county health is, tends to, it can, it can be what people would view as very difficult. I mean, you're, you're sort of the safety net in so many different ways. So you're seeing people who have uh, fewer resources than, say, others who may have an abundant or, or you know, fully employed with a, with a significant health benefit through their, through their employer. Um, and, and there's a lot of trauma I know with most county health departments. Is that kind of typical of the clients that you're seeing? Yeah, it, it really is. And, and folks that have been in a system and 
haven't seen the results are, are kind of ongoing and that's not always true, but, but oftentimes just um, having had years of counseling, years of therapy and, and struggling with um, the difficulty of, of trauma, the difficulties with their depression and anxiety. And so when you were practicing before, uh, you know, going, trying to remember back where you were before you learned what you learned and, and have done what you've done, uh, what was it your day-to-day practice like? You know, when you're seeing clients, were you, what were your feelings that you were having? How efficacious did you feel that you were? Um, uh, how were your, most of your interactions going? Um, for the most part, um, you know, I had that, the, the vision of helping and seeing folks get better, but it took longer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, you know, I loved and still love what I do because it's empowering others and helping them to, to move forward. But it, it, it didn't have that transformation that would come in and just say the first appointment or or three appointments, it, it took much longer. And what I'm doing now really fits with the solution focused um, model that, that Lynn County embraces. So we're solution focused brief therapy. And now what I see is folks getting the tools in their tool bag quicker and being able to, to get back to life in a way that where they're thriving and um, really participating and active and engaging in, in the world and, and just flourishing. So be, the before, I didn't see that as often. Mm-hmm. I would see it, but it, it was more rare. Or, or slower. And <laughs> yeah, slower. <laughs> yeah, slower. So for, for people who don't know, would you kind of fill in the details on what is what does it mean to be solution focused as compared to um, what else is out there? Yeah, so I think oftentimes the people will come come to therapy and and they're they maybe have something a vision where they've you know seen TV and it's lay on the couch and tell your story and it goes on for years solution focused and brief is, you know, I can offer six up to 10 sessions. It is about uh, the person in front of me being able to find that they have the ability to change their world, to change the way that they uh, see their pain and move through it and, and uh, reduce, reduce it so that they're thriving. And, and just uh, to clarify there, so solution-focused uh, brief therapy is not specific to pain, if I'm, under, if I'm remembering collect, uh, correctly here. But what solution-focused is really focusing on is rather than, than what has been typically taught in a lot of ways in healthcare, where we're problem-focused, is instead yeah. of finding everything that is wrong with somebody and dwelling there, is to say, where are those bright spots and what is working well for them currently and how can we do more of that? Am I correct? Yeah, you're right. And I think that I've just changed so much in what I'm doing that it it isn't, it's, I can almost not articulate what I used to do 
to what I do now because the, the framework of the pain science really uh, is embedded and infused in everything that I do. So it's, it's helping someone see that their pain isn't a, isn't threat. Their pain isn't um, a forever sentence, life sentence, and that they can really um, be active to move and and work through that. So that solution piece is there that they that they have the power. That it's not me, the therapist. So it's giving that power and and helping them to find that way that's sol- about the solution. And, and that's not, what I think what it's not really, the disease. yeah, it's really important to, to, I think to understand there is you've taken a pretty powerful technique, which is solution focused brief therapy. And what you've done though, is you've applied that tool through a different framework when it comes to pain. And, and, um, and, and I think that's what, what, what we are hearing is, you know, when you've embodied that sort of strategic understanding and framework, you're, you're applying a tool that you already had or you've learned since in a new and different way uh, through that kind of lens of understanding the pain part. Yeah. And so it's, it, and it takes all of the other learning and it just enhances and strengthens and, and it makes the change, it makes the change happen for quickly. <laughs> and I, and I want to, I want to talk about that because the stuff you were doing is so amazing, but I want to go back in time to that interaction that you had. So you're, you're doing work, you enjoy your work, you're working with people, you're trying to make a difference and you're making a difference. Um, but it's taking some time and it's a little bit slow and, and uh, uh, you're not seeing these, these dramatic transformations as quick as anybody in the healthcare would want. We all, you know, we all go into healthcare because we want to help people. We all want people to, to get better, you know, immediately because that's what's exciting, but it's taking some time. So you're sitting in this office, you have a client in there, and she mentions this thing called the pain triangle. And uh, so what what did you see differently there? What was it that sort of said, wait a second, what's going on here? Her story, and she told it briefly, For I think in the years that I'd been uh, been a therapist I, and done work with alcohol and drug, I had not heard or seen a story where someone had gotten free quickly off medications, that transformation. I, I had, had not seen that up until that point, heard of someone being so rapidly changed where she had, had learned and got, had the information so she could master and make that, uh, leap of letting go of her her addiction to medication and 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 opiates so does that does that answer for you because you know i've done a lot of uh worked with a lot of different populations i've uh, worked in the a and d world because of the co-occurring disorders i had never i don't think i'd ever had a person and so that was what really popped and I hadn't heard of a pain triangle. I hadn't heard of, of a fire triangle. I didn't, um, you know, so, so that curiosity, like what's up with that and how, how can I, how can I learn more? And, and that's, it just grew from there. 
it was, I began to hear the story of the pain triangle and, and the background information and it just grew. Um, you know, and, and I think it's interesting because I've, I've interviewed a lot of people and obviously I've, I've talked with you before uh, and I, I keep, I, there's some common elements that keep coming up again. And I, I, I know what you're talking about when you see someone and, and particularly in this community that we are, because for those of you who don't know, uh, Lynn County Mental Health is about 20, it's about 15 miles away from me. So we're all in the same region. And and the and that transformative aspect, it sounds like such a garish word, but there is something different when you're talking to somebody who says, like, we've, you know, we've, I've seen it in the past, oh, I feel better. And it's almost like that flat affect people will say, when I was back in my old practice doing the things that I would, what I would do, all the poking and popping and the stuff like that, um, people say, oh, yeah, I feel better or I'm better. Thanks, Doc. But it wasn't like, like what, what I think you're talking about, when they are excited and they mm-hmm. are empowered and they are, I mean, you can, and you can see their eyes light up. And, um, so I, I, I know, I, I, I know what you're talking about because I've seen it, but I, I think for a listener out there in a typical practice where, you know, people, particularly with persistent pain and, and with trauma and the trauma that you guys are seeing can be such a, a, a heavy burden for, for a clinician, um, Sometimes I think that they that that it's you can't almost believe that these the clients that you've been working with that have been struggling so far to see them light up again and like really live can be I think that's difficult for people to comprehend but uh uh maybe maybe that's just me I'm not I'm not sure what <laughs> what are what are your colleagues saying now like do they see that with with you or what do the colleagues see? Yeah, your colleagues. colleagues. Like so, because not everybody in your group does what you do. I mean, um, you. Yeah. So, uh, we're real. I'm really. Uh, I don't. Ha- I don't have a great answer here because resources are so limited that in the adult outpatient, I, and I'm serving in Albany. We only have. I only have one other. Um, therapists that's that's in close proximity. So total, there's there's four of us for the county and the adult uh, team. But when I get a chance to talk with others, they're really curious. They they want to know more, and so that's on. I see that on the horizon to be able to share more and interact more. But. Uh, yeah, I think there's they're intrigued. They they. <laughs> They want to know more, but I don't get the opportunity to, to really um, let it be known with, with those around me, with with the colleagues. So, the, so that's kind of a sad part because I am so busy <laughs> with the one-on-one, and the numbers of, of folks that I see. Uh, but uh, you know, some sometimes they they don't necessarily embrace it as you know, what, what I would expect if I've told a doctor a story there, they just, they don't, they don't necessarily catch the fire. And I, I, I don't know if that's, that's part of getting the message out there. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, and it's funny cause I, that frustration becomes, 
it becomes so prominent because you get so excited and you see the changes that that can be made uh-huh. and, and that's what I, that's what i'm talking about is i think sometimes people just don't believe it like they like i i've talked to physician colleagues and they're like well just tell me the one thing i'm like well i can't really just tell you one thing other than then what happens is amazing because they're like, well, just give me it into a second sentence. It's like, well, okay, let's talk about this most complex, most amazing human experience. And we're supposed to put that into a sentence so that you can take away that is taking it and just know it now. Um, anyway, it's, it's, it's a frustration because I think yeah, it's just, it's just so hard to, to find clinicians in a lot of ways that become, that can really see uh, what can occur, like what, what you are doing. Um, with your patients is just absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I think, you know, as, as time's progressing, we're gonna, I, I'm going to see more uh, change within the system because the clients themselves going back to uh, their prescriber, especially in that arena and being able to, to see that difference. But I, uh, yeah, it will, will, will this, it'll just need to unfold more because it is new. Um, I, I, well, for me, I think I'm maybe in year two of, of doing the work that I'm doing and, and I, it's ongoing and it's growing. And, but that confidentiality of what happens in a session, you know, it's, there isn't a lot of room to express that. I, uh, so, but let, let me, because uh, I, I also wanted people not to think that this was, this is some like easy solution because you put a lot of work in and uh, you, you really became, or you probably were to start with, but you were such a student, meaning you worked, you studied, you reviewed, you asked questions. When, when do you think it was, um, or when did you feel like things were starting to click for you? I've tried to look back and, and try to gauge that. It's, so I don't have a, an absolute answer like, oh, this one moment in time, I can't quite do that. I I think it was like putting my toe in the water and just easing in. And so little by little, I incorporated what I knew in sessions and I would encourage others to go to community talks. I would encourage um, them to link up and and would make referrals to uh, Act Beyond Pain class that was already happening with Leanne Deich. I uh, so so it was gradual and progressive, but there was as I began to use, <laughs> sounds funny, I began to show and not just tell. I would use a whiteboard, my markers. I would draw out the fire triangle, the pain triangle, and just get the basics. And as I then ma- made more and more the connection to show folks how to deconstruct pain, um, I'd see, I can, now I see the change really rapid, but in those early stages, I was just doing what it was that I knew at the time. I, I never felt like I knew enough or had enough, still don't, but I, I just used what I had. 
So when it started, I'd had the fire triangle. I had the pain triangle. And little by little, I was gaining um, the understanding and the framework, and I would give what I had. Because those early stages, I was doing more of a referral. And then as I uh, did the um, hands-on training with Leanne, I can remember catching something about, oh, this is how you deconstruct the pain. And again, I was showing, not telling, and I would, I would put it on a whiteboard and the person that was with me, the client would tell, and we just started plugging in what, it, what their problem was and the solution would occur. They would see and they would make the connection really quick with, oh, here's my sensation. Oh, okay, and my emotion and what's going on with my thinking. And I'd write that out and I would help them to see what their brain was doing to protect um, them and to try to keep them safe. And it just started working. I would see, as you called it, the light come on. I'd see that that they would come in in such dark and downcast and their affect flat, and then the light would come back on because they would see they weren't stuck any longer with having to uh, think. They, I think folks are looking, they were looking for where is this coming from rather than seeing this emergent experience, seeing their pain as an experience. So I'm, I'm kind of rambling at you, but because it's still, there's a little bit of, and there is the mystery in it, but it unfolds as, as I've, as I say, as I just kind of flow with it and put, put the framework on the whiteboard, let folks tell their story, plug in their, um, the event or incident that they're telling me and and it, the answers pop up for the person. It's, oh, so much, so much there. But I, I want to start off with um, having having worked with you before, Tina. And this will also come. It's dif- difficult to transmit this through audio, uh, but the flow through which you deconstruct an experience is quite frankly amazing. And folks. Um, what I'm going to do is I will create a link for this podcast episode uh, where I have a worksheet that I basically took Tina's process and wrote it out on a single sheet of paper. Uh, in, and uh, so when you look at the link for this particular podcast, you can go there and download that. If for whatever reason you get this episode very early and I forget to do that, just email me directly at drkevin at straightshothealth.com. Ask for, say, Tina's worksheet and I'll send that to you. Um, but it is such a a visual experience where you it's you you take someone through and i know um if you are just listening to straight shot health for the first time or probably using a couple terms that listeners may not be familiar with one the fire triangle so what the fire triangle is is a is a tool that firefighters use to deconstruct fire so that they can safely and effectively treat those fires recognizing that every fire is complex but there's only three elements there's a fuel source oxygen supplies and heat element and you can break down any fire, no matter how big or small, into those three categories. 
And what the pain triangle is, it was a conceptual framework that um, I created as uh, as much as I hate to say that because I, I always want to, this is so much about others' work. Um, but what the pain triangle does is takes three common elements that are in that are used to construct anyone's experience of pain. So you have a fuel source, which is the 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 sensory elements, the sensations coming up from the body. There's the the heat element, which is really the attention and threat appraisal, and then there is the oxygen to a pain fire, which is really the meaning uh, and the emotion behind it. And so that that pain triangle, then what the fire triangle does is it provides you an analogy that people understand. You can now compare that to pain and you can break it down and and demonstrate that and again tina has this flow of how she does that that's just simply unbelievable a couple other things though that you mentioned things that are resources in the willamette valley specifically is what you were talking about was the community talks and unfortunately i know there's not a lot of communities that have those talks that we, we did where we have clinicians going out and doing community talks basically every month where we're talking science and pain with just our community members. And you went to, I fe- feel like you went to like all of them for one year. <laughs> I, I tried to go to everyone that there was. I was just so hungry to, to get it. And, and I think in those early days, you, you were often the presenter as well as my colleague. And so it, it was that the layering of uh, information that I think we all need um, to enhance and and strengthen. You know, I make it sound pretty simple. Hey, just know this fire triangle and the pain triangle. But it was the un- that what under under lays under that is that I did invest in the knowing the depth, the science behind what it is that then is is pretty pretty uh, amazing and easy t- to give to to a client so yeah and that was uh, that was pretty much when Leanne and I were doing I, I the vast majority of them I think were Leanne yeah, and her I yeah. doing it man that was a lot of time um all right another, so <laughs> another piece to, to that is not only did I see that first person in front of me and with the light in their eyes and and saw how it transformed them but as I got the information I could look back over my life and see oh my goodness I could see how it I'd had my own uh, experiences with pain and how it took so much longer and had I known and had the information that I have today I wouldn't have had months of um, being stuck in pain I would have been able to to uh, have that be a, a quicker more acute rather than turn into chronic pain so um, I, I, it was like connecting the dots and that um, made it come alive as well so well and, yeah. and that's important too because I, I will I will tell you, from people I've worked with, the the ones that that I can look at, and I have a hundred percent confidence when I when I see them going out in the community and doing the work that they do, and, and you're one of these, Tina, is every single one of them I have seen a personal transformation before I've seen a professional transformation. 
And what I mean by that is sometimes we learn these tools or we learn something and we don't think it is relevant to us. And when it comes to pain, pain being a fundamental human experience, everything that you're learning, and again, most of us in healthcare are doing it because we can help our clients, but it is 100% relevant to you. And I, I do think if there's someone out there who's thinking, well, I'm just going to learn this pain science or I'm just going to learn about this and I, I, this is not relevant to me. It's just because of my, my, my patients or clients or whatever. I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because, um, again, I, I have not, I'm trying to think, I have not seen anybody with the competence and confidence that you have that didn't have a personal transformation. Like I, I'm, I'm sitting here just kind of thinking and I, I, can, I, I know the ones that were like, oh, I get it, but they didn't think it was relevant to them and, and, and they kind of get these little pieces of it, but they don't really see the big picture. Um, yeah, so, so it's interesting because I know also from your standpoint, you use basically pain and the science of pain, uh, and you've, you've told me this, it's just like the lens through how you do what you do now. Like you do it personally, you do it professionally, um, so it's it's just kind of interesting to see that change in clinicians as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I wish it for everyone, <laughs> and and I see you know that the end. I just see the the wealth, what it what it can can do and is doing because you can tell the listeners about the growth for our community. There's more and more providers are catching this, that we have the peers um, that have caught and it's changing, changing lives. But to get this can, I I just think it can make such a difference in our world today. Um, And so that it's probably like, part two or something (laughs) we're living with such you know our national news right now that's all about threat and um, a perceived threat with uh, health issues with politics with just so much and and that lights a lot of pain fire and and with this understanding you can decrease that and live um more vibrant, more with more happiness. Definitely, I mean, it, it, it definitely becomes useful uh, in every shape of word, personally and professionally. When we have, as you said, all these threats around us. Uh, but I, I also want to spend a little bit of time here, and I apologize for taking so much of your time today. But um, what, it, like, if you kind of just start the process here, if we have somebody, you're seeing somebody for the first time. How do you start those conversations with the individual? Because I know you tailor what you do based on uh, what people end up saying. But how is it that you are initially, uh, that that very first visit, your initial visit with the client, what are sort of your, your, uh, your, your process that you go through uh, for everyone? Okay, so... So the, so as a therapist, the person that comes to me will already have s- sat with um, and and they're coming to me with a mental health assessment in place. And I know that pain is about protection. So they're coming with problems with their the 
perceived threat. So their, their system is already activated. They've got a, a lot of, um, whether it be on paper that they have PTSD, anxiety, depression, um, pain, physical pain, they're, they're already lit up with um, a pain fire. And my startup, I want them to feel safe and with for clinicians, you know, the greet and meet, the way that the tone of my voice is, just knowing that, that if they begin to escalate, if I um, do the things of lowering my voice, of making connection so that that atmosphere is less threatening, that's a piece of the startup. So you're asking me some a lot that is to me now is intuitive. So I'm trying to put words to it. So I want that sense of safety. I tell a piece of my story so that they, that creates that uh, connection so that they understand that I'm a human being like them, that I bleed like they bleed, that I've had hard things happen. And I, I give them, give them hope through, through that, that they know in my story that I've been able to not just uh, overcome or, or survive, but I've, I, I'm thriving in my life. So there's that sense of hope, but I'm listening for words. So I'm, what is it they want? What is it, what is their goal? What is um, the objective that they wanna um, put in place to, to overcome? Is what they're thinking, but I'm listening for their words, and it, it can be in that very first session that I'm showing them the pain triangle and telling them about the latest pain science so that they it excites in them a hope of, oh, there is, there is a way that's beyond just um, staying stuck. And yeah. what I'm hearing, though, and I, I, I'm going to call attention to this for the listeners out here, is what you're he hearing is based on what you understand. So you have a strategic understanding of pain and, you know, the 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 key to pain is understanding is about protection. And so rather than, uh, you know, vomiting forth and having somebody coming in and then telling them, oh, I'm going to tell you about the pain science. This is everything about your pain. Instead of doing that. What it sounds like is you take what you know, and rather than vomiting on your client, you take what you know to create the safe space to listen to what your client is, wants to tell you. So it is, is so much more about listening and providing that safe space rather than um, you know, trying to tell people what they, you know, what they need to know, I guess, is, is, is what I'm hearing from from what from your from the way you approach this because it sounds very gentle. Uh, again, you're using things not only you're using the tone of your voice and you're, so you're watching your tone. So I your environment um, I I bet is probably a very safe environment in a lot of ways. Um, but you're you're coming from that that protective focused lens, and and it sounds like that's what you're delivering through. Is your how can I help my client feel safe? You're doing that through words. You're doing it through action, actions, body language, tone, 
uh, and things and things like that. And I think that is that's just that's just that's that's wonderful therapy. First of all, I mean, it's a wonderful therapeutic relationship that you're developing. Um, but but do you find people then because you you mentioned that sometimes you introduce kind of pain science and these topics early on. But I'm my suspicion is you don't do that with everybody. So the people that you're not introducing, say, who are not interested and don't want to talk about pain, what are you doing for them from that pain-focused, protective-focused lens? Okay, so <laughs> because it is an art, there <laughs> is the listening, the safety, the the approach is is there of of knowing that the pain experience that they're having. So what do I do? Um, they may, it's happening whether they know it as, so my understanding of the pain is, is still helping them to, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm at a loss of words here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it is because there's so this, there's I, a what am I doing? It's it's some some folks are ready, so there's a readiness. I may get uh, someone with uh, they're they're ready to to get the information about the triangle. Others, not so much. But without the without it being obvious, they there's laying that groundwork, that foundation that can come in a later later sessions uh, they're they're still getting the hope they're still getting the safety um, i'm planting those seeds towards doing more later um, as as you know there's an allowance for that but it's yeah i don't know how to put any words to well, let me uh, let, let me try a little bit here. And okay, thanks <laughs> for the help. Because I, I know I'm doing doing the work, but I don't have words necessarily to. Well, and it's not to say that my words may be the right ones. So I'm gonna I'm I'm going to present okay. them and and please correct me uh, if if something doesn't click with you. But I would say that there's there's two ways there's two paths right there's two care paths that we can look at. There's the explicit path. Which is the, where the explanation and things are obvious, and we're pulling out those details, and we're, and, and that's a permission-based pass. Are you interested in learning more? Yes. Uh, then you can start going into, say, introduction, the fire analogy with pain, and start deconstructing. But then there's the implicit path as well, where maybe they say, "Well, I'm not really interested in learning like that about that thing right now. I'm, 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 I just don't want to talk about that." Well, then implicitly you can still help people to feel safe and kind of plant those seeds that you were talking about. And those would be things like validation, empathy, understanding, uh, a commonality there to, to, um, to increase and, and build that therapeutic relationship. And while that you're not explicitly talking the science of pain, you're implicitly de delivering the safety behind it, uh, which is, which is, you know, which is what I see, and I'm wondering if that's what you're feeling when you're kind of doing that process. Yeah, so as you described it as the implicit, is there where it's there and needs to be the, happening always, that sense of safety, 
the validation, the empathy, building relationship, building rapport. And I wouldn't say that it's not, that folks aren't interested. It's just the readiness. Some have the complexities and complicated, you know, depending on where and who they've seen and, and what those challenges are. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, you may get somebody that's more in a storm whirlwind of, of life than others. But well, and, and that goes gets down to acuity as well, and not not acuity where we're talking like emergency room, someone having a heart attack, but acuity of distress, mm-hmm. and that's a you know that's a again that's a different sort of frame yeah. that you're looking through. But you're always looking how can you help someone feel safe. But if someone is in acute distress, is having some sort of acute trauma where they are, where things are really out of control, uh what would you do what you know how how do you how do you start that process because that's very different than somebody who maybe has have has had difficulties for a long period of time is is working on those on those those problems with you isn't coming in say uh uh highly emotionally reactive with with lots of distress maybe uh you know you can see it in their face their actions their words maybe they're almost wanting to throw things um, what are you doing in those acute scenarios? Okay, so when you're saying acute, someone who's coming in and more in crises? Crisis, that's perfect, yeah. Yes, okay. So again, um, helping, it's that the, their brain is on fire. Their brain is trying to protect. They're in crises. Um, so that safety, the calmness, the reassurance, um, but they're able to borrow from me. It's that mirroring experience of, hey, I'm calm. I believe in them. I'm going to give those them ways to help themselves. So it's, it's lowering that threat and the danger by who I am and how, what I'm giving to them, that that's going to help reduce the flame. So their emotion, you know, they're fearful, they're anxious, they're depressed, whatever, and however that's coming, and they're experiencing sensation in their body, it's being able to lower the threat, the words that I have, the tone of voice, the information that I'm providing, that listening. And if someone's in crises, there's usually another piece of their that first visit there they I already have in front of me an assessment but I will also do a safety plan and in that safety plan it's just a beautiful way to interact and get to know their story and those sensations the thoughts and the emotion it uh, we the county uses a safety plan that is also um, is, a, is a safety plan that I've seen with that the VA uses. So you're talking through these questions about, okay, when, when you're in crises, what are some of the thoughts? What are the emotions? What are, what are you picturing in your mind? So again, the information that would go into 
uh, the framework of the pain triangle and deconstructing your pain is the information and talking through and doing that safety plan. So a person in crises is similar to a person who's not in crises. It's, it's just not overloading them with a bunch of information and telling them, but, but helping them to feel safe so that they can, they can, um, share information. Yeah. I think that's what I'm doing <laughs> because that's, that's, it works. I don't know the, the, the framework of that safety, the, the way the safety plan lays out actually is, is the pain triangle. It's, I, I don't even think until this mo moment and I'm an out loud processor and you're asking me questions. I think that, I think that that's it again, always that sense of safety. Well, and, and, and it's funny because you mentioned that and, and then I, I'm sitting here thinking, listening to you talk and I'm like, holy smokes, that's, a, that, that's such an easy tool to use through that, through, through that pain-focused lens, right? I'm like, well, of course, a, you know, a safety plan is a perfect tool in, in a crisis situation. Well, and <laughs> at, the end, at the end, Kevin, you say that it's asked, uh, so the question about, like, what's the most valuable thing? In other words, what, which, why are, what keeps you on the planet? Why, why do you want to be here? So you're changing meaning. Mm -hmm. So as you've talked through that, you've gone from helping them to see what their old meaning is to the new meaning. Oh yeah. I have a reason. I have a purpose because at the start of that, they're escalated. They're a person who is thinking they don't want to be on the planet, but now you've changed that meaning. Oh yeah. I have this pet that I, I care deeply for. And if I'm not here, who's going to take care of my dog or, you know, I really love my grandkids. So if I'm not here, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to, to be with them or they'll have to have this awful memory. So that, that meaning of the old meaning where that stuckness, that shift begins to, begins to happen again, for me as a clinician, understanding our, our triangle, that's, that's, the movement that's happening that you're helping them to see well you're helping them to see when they're blind but later they that awareness can happen so that they don't need they need me less and less so i work myself out of business which is which is really what the goal should be for us for anyone and, and in healthcare and it truly is again back to <laughs> what is the solution focused brief therapy i I am able and helping folks to see that they they have more resource within themselves than they ever had been able to to access or understand before. Well, and, and that's key. We're, we're instead of taking away people's agency or sense of control, um, being able to return that agency that there's things that they can do. Uh, you know that that that's definitely part of it, and, and I do think that there is, from an ego standpoint, you have to pull your ego away because now people are changing because they're changing, but we're, they're not changing because we're fixing them in in any way, shape, or form. And um, just just for one thing, for out there, there's so many problems, people that 
you, you will never drive yourself out of business by helping people get better. I, I just want you to tell you right now, <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. There's a lot of people in need. And so we actually need more people to get better so that we can help the ones that can't. Um, but it, it is so interesting because it's such, it's so different than so much of healthcare where we pull away and take away people's agencies. We, we take away from their sense of control. We externalize things. We diseaseify things. Um, so it's just, it's just beautiful to hear the stuff that you're doing and then being able to provide because you have that level of awareness where you can see you, you can emerge above and see the big picture and then see how every how this stuff fits together but how you are allowing others to become aware so that they have that uh, ability now to kind of pull themselves up and see the big picture uh when because when you're in acute distress it is very difficult to do that so that anything that you can do to to, to help people with that level of awareness is is just that's just that's transformational it, it that's i guess that's the only word i can really use yeah i think that that best describes what what um the science and being able to deconstruct really is moving people beyond where they're at and it is transformation and, and you asked me a question earlier about, you know, all of this for, as a clinician, not only does, is there that reward and benefit for me to see folks uh, getting better, but I, I'm able to more, more often uh, quickly identify if, if I have, uh, I hear n numbers of stories every day and I'm able to see when I'm activated and notice when I'm activated and be able to um, transform that vicarious trauma quickly so that I'm not staying in that anxious state. So maybe you can help that help me <laughs> be more clear with that. But so, so it's, it's, I'm not only using it for the client, the, it benefits me back that, I'm able to let go of and not stay, um, not carry home the, the stories that, you know, people, often people wonder, how do you do what you do? And I've always um, had ways to manage that, but I'm not taking home the, the client trauma. I'm not taking home that uh, a pain experience um, because of my ability now more and more to master my own um, experience, my own pain. And, and that is, that's really important actually. And I'm glad that you mentioned it because when we're looking at, um, I just talked about this in another podcast and I don't like the word burnout per se, but I'm gonna use it. We have burnout, we have frustration, we have activation as clinicians. And when you are working in an environment where you're seeing a lot of trauma, like you are seeing, the burnout rates for clinicians in those in in those facilities in those environments are extraordinarily high, um, because as a human, it can be very difficult when you're in that environment if you're getting constantly activated, if you're getting your own threat, uh, your, your own sense of of, of safety um, turned, you know, that threat sensitivity going off because of experiences in our life, or maybe there's something that you're connecting with the client that is very close to home for you. Um, 
so so that is I, I can see where that would be a very powerful skill set to to again moving beyond management it's not doing yoga and deep breathing to be able to deconstruct your own experiences to notice what the triggers are to um to be able to separate that sense of ownership of of the trauma pers- you know instead of taking ownership of that uh and and not in any bad way saying well it's not my trauma it's their trauma but instead being able to separate and say it is a trauma and uh, being able to provide some distance there uh, that significantly changes your practice dynamic um and i'm i'm reminded of a, a comment by Leanne Deitch, who we mentioned a number of different times who said when she started incorporating this again that personal transformation before professional transformation and how she stopped feeling on Sundays like her cat had died, where she was, was you know, when you know you're stepping back into an environment where you are now being, you're letting yourself being pulled in to some pretty horrendous stories, um, that's hard work. But now when you move beyond that, I, uh, that what we would call the fixing stage, where you don't feel responsible for fixing anybody instead of you're facilitating change, um, that really that really changes that onus of responsibility or the ownership of of that trauma experience. So, um, did I put any any good words onto that for you, or does that sort of make sense on your end? <laughs> it does. It does put good words, and also uh, just adding to that that the that knowing that the activation what I what I I may experience an activation, but being able quickly to make that shift to, oh, that's what my brain is doing. It's just working hard to protect me. Oh, that's the old. Hey, the new and reminding myself quick, what's the new and that I am safe. Oh, my brain's just doing a really good <laughs> job pulling from the past information. It, it's, it doesn't, it's not a lengthy and laborious, uh, oh, I've got to figure it all out and I've got to dig, dig, dig mm-hmm. to go, what's going on? Oh, it says my smoke alarm went off. Oh, that's all. It's not a real fire. I'm really safe. Uh, might need to put some new batteries in, but <laughs> I'm really okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't, uh, yeah, I just say, and that can happen in like a minute, two minutes. It's not some, oh, I need to go to a therapist myself and dig through a bunch of junk. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's simply my brain <laughs> doing doing its job. And doing the best job it can to keep you safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Tina, I, I uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate this. I, you know, we spent a little bit more time, uh, talked a lot of, uh, talked a lot longer than I, than I, than I usually do because I, I want to be very respectful of your time. But I really, really appreciate um, the, not only spending some time with us and in, in, in telling the listeners your story so that they can hear your experiences, but also what you're doing in the community because you are doing just some amazing work. And it is always fun to hear uh, what people are doing from the people that they help. Uh, and uh, so it's in, in when I hear those, those, those stories about you from them, that that is uh, that just a reminder. You're doing some amazing things, and thank you so much for what you're doing in our community. And appreciate. Thank you, Kevin, for the opportunity to to learn from you and and all that you've done to to help my my work and to help our community. Really appreciate.
Well, thank you for that. So, all right, Tina. Well, um, again, thank you for coming on. And for the listeners out there, I know this was a little bit longer episode. Again, if you have questions, you can email me directly at drkevin at straightshothealth.com. If you have questions for Tina, let me know and I can put you in contact with her. Uh, I will try to get that worksheet as a download for the show notes at uh, for this podcast episode when it is available. And as always, uh, stay well and I will talk to you again soon. Bye.